Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready. Hello, everybody. Whatever time in the world it is where you are, I know where Pam is. It's pretty early in the morning, just gone half past seven, but you're pretty sprightly and ready for the day? Always have been. I don't, I don't mind early mornings. It's late nights that are more difficult. I have a couple of kids. Teenagers get up and at them. Yeah, there you go, Pam. Well, you had a few late nights recently, of course, because you've just been in Texas covering the WTA finals. How do you cope in general? I mean, New York also, which is the tournament we're going to be focusing on today. New York, you get some pretty late finishes too. How does that feel, given that you are such an early morning person? Um, Well, in an event like the US Open, it's literally physically and emotionally as demanding as it gets because of the hours you mentioned and how big the facility is and just how much ground you have to cover. But actually for this WTA tour um, finals, I work for the tennis channel and I live in LA and their studios are in Santa Monica. So it was a 15 minute drive. I was not in Fort Worth, even though Lindsay Davenport, as we were calling the matches, it's easy to kind of think that we were there, but we were, uh, we were here in Southern California. So it was great because I could come home and be with my kids after work. Nice, 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 nice. So anyway, we are here to focus on matches of 2022. We're going to look at a series of three with you, Pam, but obviously with a particular focus on what we believe to be uh, Serena Williams's final match of her career. Well, do we still believe that, Pam? Yeah, I think so. I believe we've seen the last of Serena uh, in a regular WTA tour. I mean, I hope she stays really involved with tennis. Um, obviously, it's hard to let it go. She said that when she first made her announcement, that she doesn't even want to have the word retirement brought into the conversation. It's about evolving. So she's kind of had some interviews about her um, her equity fund uh, that's part of her business empire. And she's kind of said some things that make you believe Maybe she'll come back, but I, I think I actually think 2022 U.S. Open was the right send off. And as it played out, I thought it was incredible three matches. Yeah, um, 
What did you think going into the tournament? Did you have any fears that it might be a bit flat and she might go out early? Oh, sure. After the way when you saw her play in Canada and in Cincinnati, yeah. coupled with, you know, the, the Harmony Tan three, what was it, three hours, 11 minute loss, um, clearly had, I was underdone on work and on matches. So yeah, I was concerned, um, which is why the Kovinich match was, had so many eyeballs on it, was uh, to see whether or not she could improve enough in a couple of practice weeks uh, or at least it was almost 10 11 days between the loss in cincinnati and she was tremendous yeah i mean um if there were any concerns uh there's a moment i think in the first point i've just got up on the screen right now where there's a a, a a net cord that goes against serena not only does she unbelievably manage to chase it down despite being pretty deep in her court position but she ends up winning the point and i think that sort of dispelled certainly one or two fears that i had in terms of how she might be able to cope. We saw her at Wimbledon go out early. We saw her throughout the North American summer swing. I remember her losing to Radu Kanu, among others. So there were some concerns, but they did have a, there was a different feel, wasn't there, about her run in New York? Well, and I think it all started, uh, ESPN, who I work for there, we cover qualifying week, also known as fan week. And so yeah. we saw a lot of her practice sessions and we had Renee Stubbs, um, who came on late, uh, you know, during the summer as a consultant coach, and she was giving us some good insights about the practice sets Serena was playing in the work. And we can see it with our own eyes because a lot of times Serena chooses that far end practice court, which is right by our uh, our outdoor ESPN set. So we could watch and eyeball in person her improvement and how hard she was working, not just on her technique and her and her big shots, but especially on the movement, because that's really one of the things that made her great during her prime uh, was was how much court she could cover. And obviously, when you get in your early 40s, you know, naturally, given the injuries and, you know, time, um, it's going to change. But I thought she picked up a couple of steps between Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. Yeah. Yeah, she certainly seemed to uh, be a lot sharper um, come the US Open. And, and I think those few matches, even if they did end in defeat, probably did help us. And also the Rennie Stubbs, I think that's a nice point you make. Were you in the stadium for all three matches, by the way? I was I was watching. Unfortunately, I didn't get assigned to work any of her three matches. Mm -hmm. But I but of course, it was like all eyes were on Serena, everybody's, including mine. And so, yes, I watched all three. And, and the last one I watched from the courtside position um right. i was semi working that one but not with mid-match commentary pam when you're when you're working and when you're not working when you're watching a tennis match is it easier to sort of soak things up as a, as a, as a viewer when you when you're relaxed if you like you haven't got to concentrate on on making notes or, or whatever is is it easier and and you get to sample things and, and see things in, in a different way to when you're commentating well actually that's a great point the answer is yes, but I would say it also depends. Like I can work all three positions that ESPN might have, which is, you know, the play-by-play, -play, which is the, the lead position that brings it in and out of yeah. commercials. And, and then you have the analyst position. Obviously I can do that. And then a lot of times I love that courtside position at the U.S. Open where literally you're right behind the player's chairs. It's not the greatest angle live to see the court, but you do have a monitor and you can really see the expressions of the players and just – you know, get such a feel from being right down courtside. So that's where I watched uh, all of the Tomlanovich match. Okay, cool. And and against Kovanich as well. I mean, the first set, 
Uh, there was breaks galore. Maybe there was a little bit of rustiness, but uh, in the end, she won that in straight sets. Um, on court afterwards, uh, she was getting quite emotional. I think there were certain celebrities in the crowd throughout her run. People may be starting to dream already, but it probably wasn't until the second round when she plays, obviously, the number two in the world, Contivate, when I think momentum was beginning. Am I, am I getting carried away or were you no. getting carried away at this point? Actually, no, it was, I would say uh, the Contivate match was huge and just kind of like eyeballing. And, and we knew that Contivate, look, the number two ranking or two players, it's been a very challenging time for that part of the ranking group, especially the number two ranking in the last 12 months has just been like a ping pong ball amongst three, four or five players. Um, and so Contivate, we all knew while she had that amazing run in the fall of 2021, where she won all those tournaments to qualify for the year end championships. She got to the finals of the year end uh, in Guadalajara last year that she was not the same player. She'd suffered from long COVID a bit. So mm -hmm. everybody, I, I, I felt like it was a really good opportunity going into that match for Serena to pull off an upset that would be really memorable because in your last tournament to beat, you know, someone, the number two seed would be fantastic. Yeah, right. Um, also, of course, there were net cords that maybe would go Serena's way and sometimes they wouldn't and so on and so forth. There would be unforced errors from her opponent uh, on occasions throughout all three matches. It must have been tough for the three players that she played against to, to handle that, right? Well, I think part part of it's tough always when the crowd is so against you. Usually that's not ideal. <laughs> But I think all three opponents really felt they had an honor. It was a privilege yeah. and an honor to play Serena in her last tournament. Um, and I felt like all three handled it uh, before and after. And they spoke with really great articulation about what it meant to them to be able to play Serena. Because let's face it, so many of the young top players um, have not had that opportunity because she's been injured so much. She had the maternity leave. She just hasn't been out there playing that much in the last five years. Do you think there was something as well in those first two matches uh, about the return of serve? There seemed to be an extra kilometer or two an hour, especially on the backhand side. We just got a, a frozen shot here against Kovinic. But when I was watching the highlights of the three matches today, every time you, I was just sort of watching Serena and she was just crunching backhand returns and also quite a few swing volleys as well. And, there was an unerring accuracy and a timing that to me seemed to be much better at the US Open than at Wimbledon. I remember at Wimbledon when she lost in the first round to, uh, to Tan and um, there was a couple of swing volleys that went wide and there was the, the timing was getting much better as, as the matches went on. Um, I'm sorry. Um, so, mind. yeah, so, so I do think the power on the returns was something that was really important. And I feel like part of the overall tactics was for Serena to not have to rely on playing defense, right? It was to step up into the court and um, play first strike tennis uh, and try and eliminate uh, having to play defense as much and also shorten the points. So I felt like she did the tactics right. She gave herself the best chance given how few matches she'd played over the previous 14 months. And given, you know, obviously she was underdone, but in the meantime, she was getting better and better with each match she played. 
There were a number of celebrities in the crowd. The TV loved to pan to them at, at various points, as I'm sure you can imagine, and maybe you became aware. I mean, Dion Warwick here was there for the Contivate match, and I know Tiger Woods and, and various others were there. Have you ever had any celebrities watching you play? And, and is it distracting, <laughs> or can you remember anything like this? Well... I guess the closest thing I could say to having celebrities would have been things like my very first Wimbledon match. I had like 15 relatives surrounding court five at Wimbledon. So you become aware of people in your family and people, you know, but Uh I've had nothing like what Serena um, had actually one time. I will say one time I was playing a match in Washington, DC, just a regular tour event. Uh And he was then vice president Bush. Okay. Um, it was before he, the um, first President Bush became president. He came out to watch me play because he, that family loved tennis. So I guess that's the closest thing I could uh, remember. When you've got your family then, do you look do you look up to them as well? Like, So, so you've got 15 people in, in your family that are there traveling to London. I think it was you said Wimbledon, right? So I, 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 does it add pressure? Does it release pressure? I mean, how does it feel? Do you get distracted by it? No, you don't, I don't think you get distracted. You certainly have a knowledge they're there, but then when it's match time, it's like it's your job to kind of just be focused on um, how to play the points and everything outside the court um, kind of is a blur. Um, so I, and I thought Serena did a great job of that. I do feel like a couple of major finals she played after maternity leave, you know, like at Wimbledon one year, I just, I, and it, maybe at a U.S. Open final, it was almost, there was almost, too many celebrities around for a and but obviously a finals of a major you get them anyway but i felt like this time it it had the right balance i mean obviously people wanted to give her the respected send-off i thought it was great tiger woods came up um i think he brought one of his kids with him so Mm -hmm. i thought it it, i thought it was beautiful even later on in the tournament after serena had gone out to see michelle obama in that case she was really cheering on francis tiafo so this year's us open because of serena and her run I think it really crossed over um, outside tennis pages, outside the sports pages, and it really drew in a lot of people. It did. And of course, it was drawing more and more people as the run went on. She won the first set against uh, Contivate in the second round. I believe she's now 103 uh, in matches at the the US Open when she wins the first set, which is another incredible stat. It wasn't all plain sailing. There was a fight back from Contivate in the second set. Um, but again, Serena managed to step up. And tell me about the atmosphere during those three matches. I mean, do you think it helped Serena in, in the first two matches? Oh, I think Serena was definitely helped by the crowd. Listen, and this is a complicated stadium for Serena. I mean, she's had, through her career, two or three of the most difficult, controversial upsetting things happened to her mm-hmm. um you know whether it was the 09 semis against Kleisters or the 2018 finals against osaka i felt like part of what this year's us open was about was sort of like burying those moments that and, and replacing them with this great crowd support and just everybody was just appreciative to be able to watch the all-time great serena williams at one more major yeah and she did eventually pull through against Contivate. And beating Contivate, I mean, I know you said that that it was a bit of a, a, a passing the buck in terms of the world number two, et cetera, and various people have, have held that honour this year. And Contivate was, a, uh, you know, didn't make the, the WTA finals that I know you were just recently in attendance for. But still, that is a huge fear in her cap. 
as she goes into the third round. I've, I've mentioned here that there were some more trademark backhand returns and swing volleys on offer. So going again into that match against Tom Janovic, did you make Serena the favorite? I, I actually think I did probably pick her to win. I thought that um, based on the quality against Kovinic, the improvement two days later, but I did have a concern, which was the night before uh, Serena and Venus played a primetime doubles match okay. um, that I was actually on the call for. And I, it, it, it was a long straight set match, but it, what it meant was that Serena played Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and now she's due to play Tamlanovic Friday night. And of course, all of the energy, all of the hype, it did kind of like occur to me, is this a lot of tennis for, you know, five day period when you haven't been playing a lot? But, but I thought based on skill and how she looked that um, I picked her as the slight favorite, but I didn't realize that Tamlanovic would go out and play under that pressure and that crowd I thought Tomlanovich played one of the great matches of her career. I think so. I mean, I, I actually made it in my notes that it's the match of her life, albeit I haven't seen every match of Tomjanovic's career. But And in fact, Tomjanovic has said today, actually, in an interview on, on TV, I think I saw it. Actually, it was on the uh, the tennis podcast, sorry, that um she just feels felt a bit more relaxed this year about certain things. And she felt as though she felt freer and she felt as though she could play her best tennis. And on this particular day, unfortunately for Serena, she certainly did play her best tennis, not reading the script, managing to squeeze out that first set. It was nip and tuck but before we know it Serena has raced into a four love lead and threatening to go to five love in this in the second set it's all it's all looking plain sailing at this point right well and and even the first set I mean Serena had chances to win the first set and then from that position that you just mentioned the second set way up things got really complicated which was a concern to me. Again, I mentioned the doubles the night before, how much she played. I thought the fact that she didn't wrap up the first set and then from that four love lead, the set got so tight and tense. Dude. So it added like another half hour of effort to win that set when it maybe could have been a 6-1, 6-2 set. So yeah. I, I did question, um, and that's why the, the one thing I did during the telecast is I asked Renee Stubbs, like, does this one question was like, does Serena have it in her physically to, mm -hmm. you know, play this third set well? And she said, well, I hope so. And I think mm -hmm. as it turns out, it was a combination of Serena was flat and tired. It was just a little tired. Um, and then Tomlanovich just was, just had that tunnel vision. And she was amazing that withstand the crowd noise and all, all the excitement. I mean, from four love uh, at this point that we can see on the screen from four love, and I think she actually wins this point with an A, so it actually becomes four love and forty thirty for a game point five love lead. From this point, I mean, Serena, I think she loses four or five games in a row. She also loses a lot of the early games. She loses five of the first six games at the second set. So that's a huge chunk of games to lose. I was actually just mega impressed that she managed to win the tiebreak because she was also up in that, and that that lead slipped as well. Yeah, no, it was quite the set of tennis. That was when I think the crowd was at its loudest, was at the end of that second set, except for the last game of the entire match, which was, um, you know, raised <laughs> the, the roof, even though the roof was open. It was uh, quite incredible. Yeah, I mean, how she managed to regain her composure. I mean, um, have you ever felt like that in a match where you've had a pretty good lead 
Um, I don't know if you were up, you know, up a set and a break or even a couple of breaks in a particular set and then it slipped away from you. And ha- have you managed to regain it? How, how difficult is it to regain that momentum? Oh, listen, I mean, in the 19 years I played, I saw something of everything, right? You see leads that you are facing or, or that you have that you let slide and then you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Where, um, gosh, darn it. I'm sorry. I got, I got a little tech issue with my phone. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> this isn't, we're but, not on Twitter spaces now. I know. I know. So, <laughs> so anyway, you, yeah, you see a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, I thought for Serena, um, you know, she sort of had a little bit of everything that represented her 25 years of playing the tour in that final match you know the determination mm-hmm. the excitement for the crowd the the big serving at times the drama i mean it was all right there yeah it certainly was and so we go into the final game of the match i mean as i said uh, tom Janovic just playing the you know some of the best tennis of her career races into a 5-1 lead and it's it's still been a great match. We're thinking, okay, this has still been an incredible run. If it is to end 6-1 at this point, no shame in that. Uh, Serena fortunately didn't, you know, we, we talked about going into the tournament. We were worried about it being a bit of a, a flat ending for her. It was anything but that. I almost think going into this final game, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, in a way, painfully losing the final or semi-final could even be a worse way to end the career than than a than a third round sort of dramatic run that that doesn't quite make it, and that's what I was thinking going into this final game. I remember the match points that Tom Janovic had, which I was it six? Did she have? I think it was about that. It was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> there was about there was about eight or nine juices as well because uh, Williams uh, also had a few uh, break points, so it was about twenty minutes long. But it, I think even that, despite as crazy as it sounds doesn't tell the full story of that final game. I mean, what what are your memories of that final game, of what may well be the final game of Serena's career? Yeah, I think the memories that stand out the most are the uh, match points where Serena just refused to lose. Uh, yeah. She'd just come up with big shot after big shot, mostly on the on the returns and yeah. um, just the determination on her face. I feel like a couple of times, you know, the crowd then was just beside themselves as, as she saved one, two, three, four, five match points had some opportunities, as you said, to get the break back. It was just those games, you know, that last for 20 or so minutes that have opportunities on both sides, has great play. You know, they, they're they in every major, but to have it that kind of a game be the last game of Serena's career at the U.S. Open was just made it even more memorable because, listen, everybody pretty much loses the last game they play. Uh, unless you're Pete Sampras. Unless you're Pete Sampras, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but but she put her stubborn determination, her great skill, her power, it was all on display as she was fighting, hanging on and trying to, you know, get to 
Do you think she felt um, a bit more relaxed in that last game than maybe she'd felt at various other points in her career? I mean, you mentioned some painful moments she had at the US Open, but it, it, it did feel as though she was swinging the ball and thinking, you know what, I'm just going to hit this thing. And, and, and there were so many returns of serve that were just sensational winners that reminded us of yesteryear. Do you think she did sort of think, what the hell for that last game? Yeah, what the hell? I think mean, that was exactly what was going on. What the hell? I'm going to go out swinging. I'm Serena Williams. I'm not going to go out like in my shell, uh, being defensive. I'm going to go out like doing what I do. Uh, and again, on the other side of the net, I thought Tom Lanovich, it took two to handle, to, to make such a memorable game. And Tom Lanovich's role to just be able to hear the crowd, you know, going in a yeah. frenzy for Serena and be able to stay on track to be able to close it out in that game. Both sides were memorable, but you know, obviously Serena especially. Where do these matches and, and probably mostly the last match against Tom Janovic, where do they rank in terms of tennis um, atmospheres you've experienced both as a player, commentator and fan? Yeah, I think that last game and in a lot of the scenes that Serena felt um, on uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium, you know, so she always played first match of the evening session and all four of her matches that week. It was great atmosphere each and every time. There was so much anticipation, so much support for Serena. Like it was a salute and a send off that was, you know, in many ways um, just right for somebody that had accomplished all that she'd accomplished. I mean, we all would have loved it to have, have ended in a fairy tale victory. But but having said that, I, I, I think. Aside from that, anyway, I think this is about as, as good as it gets. And but just because I say, I think if she'd have kept going, I think there would have been an element of disappointment. But I think it was just far enough away from the from the real dreamy end of the tournament to make it so exciting. I mean, just saving one match point after another with one crushing return after another with swing volleys. And, you know, I did start to redream, though, at, at the break points, thinking you never know. She gets one of these breaks back. There had been so many breaks of serve throughout her three matches. I mean, I think Serena started to serve much better as, as each match went on, but but still she was a bit vulnerable on her serve, and, but she was able to just break serve almost at will as well. So were you dreaming a little bit at some of those break points? Or were you just thinking well, the energy? Well, the one thing I do know is that a tennis match is not over until the two uh, competitors are shaking hands. And I just felt <laughs> sitting there for the 20 minutes of the last game, like, well, it would have been perfect to have such a memorable last game, but also if she'd broken, um, to have it continue and see, just keep pushing Kamlanovich just to see whether or not there would be a little bit of a crack on her side. Of course, we never know because Kamlanovich was able to hang on to that last game. But, you know, also some of the express, you know, Serena's sort of known her trademark. She'll hit a winner and just let out that loud, like, exclamation point um, with her voice. And it, it had all of that. You did. Um, have you managed to speak to Renee Stubbs? Did you speak to her in the aftermath of the match or in the, in the following days? Yeah, well, we were working together on the same ESPN team. So we, mm -hmm. yes, we did. And, you know, I think uh, Renee was really pleased at Serena's work and the work she put in in the lead up um, and that she did get better with each match. Um, so I think, I think from Renee's standpoint, it was all good given how little Serena had played and, and really the quality that, that Serena showed at the open while tons of fight, like she didn't let go of that Harmony Tan match, but she just didn't have, you know, the tools or the work uh, yeah. invested in order to be able to, to win, win there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know we said that we don't think we're going to see her again on, on a court. Um, the only thing is it, it is a, still a little bit of a doubt and a little bit sad because just because she was playing so well. But then I guess we all when you when you were finishing your career, Pam, you know, did you did you make the announcement? Did you tell everybody weeks in advance, months in advance? Was there how was it for you? Um, well, first off, I mean, totally different level and situation. I mean, at the sport of tennis really you always want the greatest champions whether it's Federer like he had his own special send-off Nadal Djokovic I hope Venus gets one if she wants yeah. one but um you know mine was much more low-key I ended up uh, just announcing at a small tournament in Oklahoma City that my dear friend uh was the tournament um my friend was the tournament director of the small tournament, but she also was the tournament director of the first tournament I was okay. able to play in when I was 15. And that was 19 years. Or, so that was my full circle was nice. to go go out at a tournament that my dear friend was uh, was owning and promoting. Oh, that's a nice way to, to end anyway, albeit in a slightly not quite so grandiose uh, circumstances as Serena. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me saying, but listen, if it is the last time we've seen Serena on a tennis court, at least in a in a professional sense, uh, I, I still think she provided us with one final lengthy series of, of, of amazing memories. I mean, is, is that what you'll take away from that tournament and those three matches? Yeah, we were able to just be pulled in by her um not just her game but her story and her enthusiasm to compete um and and on espn i mean we had the best ratings we had had i think the last match was the highest rated tv match tennis match ever on espn and and espn has been doing tennis since 1979 through a lot of great champions so you know it had it all it had it all yeah. uh, and i guess it was a bit much to think that she could go seven matches but i had that little bit of a thought <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure she did too as well pam listen it's been great having you on board for this uh sort of uh, hopefully you can now enjoy the off season can have you got any sort of more media commitments between now and, and on australia well i'm actually working for tennis channel starting tomorrow morning early for three days oh. for the uh, billy jean king cup okay. but again it's here in santa monica i just have to get up really early for Glasgow time. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you've got to get used to our, our European times now. That's true. Well, listen, have fun with that, Pam, and I'm sure we'll cross paths again in the next few months, and it was great having you on board. And listen, if we don't see Serena again, it was great. It sure was. I'll remember it forever. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Pam. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.